And welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Eagles. I am your host, John Helsebeck, the former assistant athletic director and assistant baseball coach at Stanley Community College in Albemarle, North Carolina. You guys hang on tight. Region 10 will never be the same after this. And here we are back again. And in this episode, we have our first celebrity shot guest. The celebrity shot are people that may not have heard of Stanley CC, but are celebrities in their craft, whether it be former big leaguers like Jeff Fry and Marvin Freeman. We're working on getting those guys on, or umpires, or even maybe a musician. We'll see if Michael wants to come on. But uh, just people to break up the stories of Stanley that may become monotonous or boring or even though I doubt you guys will get tired of hearing uh, the guys and their crazy stories, but something fun to break up the guests and um, some people that have some really cool stories uh, to tell as well. But in this episode, we're going to talk to a North Carolina celebrity in my eyes and the guy that actually has his fingerprints all over the history of Stanley baseball without even donning the blue and gold, um, even though he actually was always seen in blue to most an umpire, an old friend. I know you guys are shocked right now that i'm talking to an umpire terrific guy jamie Payne. welcome to forgotten eagles appreciate it brother man um i know we had just uh talked a little bit uh we had text back and forth the other day um about um a call um i know i always send you crazy calls that happen um, yeah <laughs> and luck and, and luckily you're you're always on my side with those it seems most of the time yes sir <laughs> um, so um, from Dobson, North Carolina, not not too far from where I grew up in uh, rural Hall, North Carolina. Um, what was what was growing up like, man? Did you play baseball a lot? What sports did you play? I played baseball. I played baseball. But back in back in my day, they didn't want us to do two sports. I was going to try to play baseball and football. And once I got into high school, that was it. You played one sport, and baseball was my. I guess dominant sport, so I stayed there. What what position did you play? I caught. Oh, a catcher. Okay. Now how? Now I know I put this later in our notes, but how how tall are you? Because this will go to my robot story. Six foot. There's no way you're six foot. That's crazy. Um, yeah. You were always, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and um, we, we jump around here, man. So that's fine. <laughs> um, fine, bro. I'm gonna go ahead and tell my uh, my robot story. I know it was funny. You had a question mark, and I was like, I can't tell him yet. But okay. I, know, I know the first time you came to Stanley, or we had you at Stanley, I, and I remember you. Um, yeah. I, I, did you do Did you do any of my high school games? Do you remember that? Um, and part part absolutely, of absolutely. I mean, how how big of a prick <clears throat> was I? Did I Did I yell at you? Was I a huge prick? No, <laughs> no. The, actually, the first the first game. Do you remember Coach Shields? I do. Okay, the first game that I worked there, Coach Shields was in the press box, keeping score on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And he goes to barking at my plate. I was working the bases, and he goes to barking at my plate man over balls and strikes, and I had him removed out of the press box. 
<laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, do so. So let, let's back up. I'm gonna hold the robot story. So we, you you started umpiring, um, and well, let's let's back up again. So you Dobson um, High School. Uh, what, what high school did you go to in Dobson? Surrey or Surrey Central? Yes. Surrey Central. Gotcha. Um, and so you, you go there. Did you did you play, did you go to college? Surrey Community. With Surrey Community, did you play there? They didn't have a team. They started. Uh, they started the year after I got out. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, what what made you um, really want to want to get into umping? I know you said that you also played uh, Legion ball. Um, and everything like that. So obviously you got a love for the game growing up with just playing baseball. What, what's the, I know it's easy to say, it's a, like, I know we talked about, and a, a lot of umpires say it's the closest thing to, um, you, well, actually not the closest thing to playing. It's just that you get to be involved in the game of baseball and you, right. you have your fingerprints all over it. But what right. was really like, I know there's got to be at some point in an umpire's career where you come home and you're like, screw this. I don't want to do this. Cause you just got one side was yelling at you The maybe the whole place hate, you know, didn't like you that night. What was something that you said, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to stick to this and I'm going to be great at it, which, which you are, and you always were for, uh, in my eyes. Uh, I've just always tried to be better, tried to get better from the time I started in high school. And then I was asked to go, Actually, the first camp I went to was in Atlanta to try to try out for a college crew. And uh, when I went to that camp in Atlanta, the college assigner at that camp pretty much told me to keep what I was doing, and I'd go a long ways. Well, I went the next year, and I was picked up in three conferences. And from then on, I just kind of stuck with it. So, I know... it's it's wild. People don't understand what goes into umpiring and, and everything. And no, they have no idea, brother. They have no what the time, the money, the traveling. They don't understand. Nobody has a clue. All they want to do is yell at you. That's it. And, and and in this day and age, it's not usually back in the day. In my eyes, it was one side was going to yell at you and the other one loved you. But nowadays, it's it's both sides hate you. <clears throat> everything you do. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little laugh, funny laugh here. I went to an umpire camp in Florida for two weeks, which is expensive. It was roughly $750, not counting you per diem in your room. That's for just for the camp for two weeks. But there was six pro umpires teaching the camp. And one of the pro umpires, that's the first thing he told us. He set us all down because this was a potential college assigning job for a big D1 conference. And the first thing he told us when we sat down there at the, I guess you'd say the intro of the camp, he said, if y'all haven't been doing this long, I'll tell you how it is. When you put your uniform on, when you walk up on the field, before anything starts, 50% of the people there is pissed off at you. Already. You're already, before you even start. Your job is to leave without pissing the other 50% off. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so um you know it's it's crazy because everyone that listens to this or knows knows me um knows that I, I don't have a terrific reputation with a lot of umpires and and I don't I don't like that but it um and I think it's one of the things that I felt like we got along so well together um when you worked our games at Stanley when I was um when I was coaching now I remember um as a player but not that much you're not as focused on right Sh- I didn't come to 
I didn't come to Winston just every now and then. I wasn't like a regular, regular right. thing in Winston in high school. I was always sent everywhere. Gotcha. So you're all over the state, and that that travel again, like you're talking about, is just insane. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, it was one of them things where um, it's kind of like you. Like I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm I'm 33 years old, still trying to figure out what to do if it's not baseball. I, you know, something else to do if it's not baseball. Right. And and it's just always been. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I know baseball. And um, you know, it's a situation where there's been some calls in the day that I not disagree with but either i knew the rule was wrong especially in travel ball my gosh um i I knew the rule and the umpire didn't or something like that um and or the the call um i he's a south carolina guy i'm not going to mention his name even though everybody knows that i don't want to um you know in case he may work it you know or whatever with uh, any of your guys or something at some point but um, we had a play in the in the bcbl that goes down i mean guys that are going to hear this right now they're already laughing and they're um yelling jokingly that the ball was foul um we had a guy matt carnahan he's now the assistant coach um at carolina forest high school which at the time of this recording they just moved to nine and zero on the year last night so shout out to you guys um and but carney was uh, my catcher in the summer league and and it was just i mean i always battled took up for my guys and um the night before we had the um the same umpire and our guys chirped. I guess you take on the, uh, you know, the, the mantra of your coach um, throughout a year. Um, and seeing that I read my mouth a lot sometimes, and I guess my players did too, to an extent. But, um, you know, we, we won the game and we had a kid wearing a one of our shirts. And uh, he's actually a kid that played um, travel ball for me. And he was there watching the college guys play, man. He was a kid that um, really looked up to me and I took he, I took him around a lot of places and tried to teach him everything I could. And um, the umpire walks by him and goes, your team's a bunch of assholes. And this kid's like Ooh. 13 years old. And Ooh. yeah. And Hampton looks at me or looks at him. And he, he said, he tells me the story later. Um, I think we're on the way back to his house or wherever we we're going. And um, he was like, yeah, umpire stopped by and said, you got, you guys are a bunch of assholes. The next, this was, I think our game ended at eight 30. The next morning we had a first pitch was 10 AM. And, and, um, he was the same umpire was behind the plate. Um, and, and thing happened was, um, I got a call reversed. He was in the field and there was a, um, a line drive. I think the ba- our base runner ran into their short stop. I forget exactly how it worked out, but I kind of like appealed it over to, it, it wasn't interference. Right. The home plate umpire switched it. So our dugout gave the field umpire, field umpire hell. And, um, that's why we're, you know, a-holes. So, um, he's behind the plate the next day and we're playing, okay. we're playing, which would be our rival, um, because of some stuff that happened earlier in that summer, um, and some family matters, uh, with that, but that's a whole nother deal. I don't know if the statute of limitations run out on that. But, so we'll, we'll keep going, but <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> but, you know, Cornahan has been working his tail off big joker, man. I mean, he, I mean, he did a podcast with me on natural sponge and it was, it's awesome. And, um, I mean, he was juiced out of his mind, and, and he was just just a kid that worked really hard. He played at a D3, I believe Capital University in Ohio is D3. If it's D2, I apologize. It doesn't really matter. But um, he worked his tail off because he could swing the stick very well, but he just wasn't having a great summer so far. And he had been, you know, shutting down the X-Gym in Myrtle Beach, working on on the tee, you know, night after night. Gotcha. We're down um, we're down one nothing in the um, bottom of the first. Um, so I'm, I'm still half, half asleep. You know what I mean? It's, it's, we just got done with that one. We, um, we're, we're at the time I was, 
with my ex-wife and she had a baby so we're up half the night and um so show up at the field we get back at it most of the guys are hung over of course the summer ball and um and we're down one nothing after one carney's our three hitter leadoff guy gets a base knock up the middle strikeout to our second batter and carnahan i'll still show you i'll send you a picture um next time jamie i'll text you a picture of where this thing landed i probably still have it because i post it every time i go to market commons in myrtle beach and um it, it was an absolute bomb and off the bat it was pulled down the third baseline off the bat i was like okay stay fair and once I saw it, I'm like, all right, this is all right, very good. Let's go. And I got gave a fist pump. I watched it go out. I watched it land. And this guy come running out, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. <laughs> and and I looked, and it had rained. So you could literally see, like, the ball hit right over this little makeshift pond that they do for construction purposes, you know, a retention pond. Right. And, and you could still see where the ball kind of trickled, almost like a, a golf shot, you know, a wedge shot or something. And you could still see the, the line of where the ball went. And the son of a gun was still in the parking lot laying fair. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, and um, it's still funny. To this day, Jacob Russell, um, who's one of my best friends in the world, man, he'll um, anytime that story comes up, he'll be like, the ball that ball is foul and i'll freak out he's like dude i'm kidding i know the ball is fair i was there and um and no but the thing was he just came, i mean it was just so blatant and and i looked at him and i was like you know that ball was fair you're just pissed off because you were wrong last night and he looked at me and said um he said and just because you're an asshole that's why the ball's foul and i literally very um i'm glad that it wasn't um a day and age even in 2000 and geez 2014 maybe 2014 or 15 no 2000 that was 2013 um 2013 still wasn't a day and age where everybody had their cell phone videoing everything yeah um so i i it would be on youtube and i would feel extremely bad about it i ran and raved i threw a bucket of balls on the field i had a huge hog in my bottom lip and and i was nose to nose with him and dip spit was flying everywhere and he was like literally yelling at me john please stop please and i'm like that man i was like this kid's working his tail off and you're gonna screw us just because you don't like me and that but yeah you know so i got that reputation quickly in myrtle beach because of that and i didn't i didn't like that and every time something came up i always refer to jamie Payne. um and and to get to that robotic story is um, I remember in high school, um, like you said, minimally, um, uh-huh. and the first time we had you at Stanley, I forget where we were. I we may have been at home. I'm not sure. But yeah. the first time we had you at Stanley, I was like, this guy's a freaking robot. And, <laughs> and, we're, and here's another personal question. Were you ever in the military? No, sir. Well, see, that, that's another, um, I mean, you had the military per, uh, personality about you. You had... Um, the way you walk, the way you got into your crouch, your stance, the way you call balls and strikes, the way you took care of your gear, how clean your shoes were. Like that was the running theme with guys at Stanley, um, especially guys that didn't know you, know your name. They knew you, but not your name. They're like, hey, we got the robot today, coach. And, you know what? You want to hear right? something wild? You know what I'm doing now? What's that? Polishing my umpire shoes. That's beautiful. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just a deal where, I mean, guys, what you were referred to or nickname was, was the robot. And it was because wow. every single thing. Do that. Yeah. And every single thing you did was, um, 
whether you're you're in the field or you're um i think i have a couple of pictures on on either my mom took or shelda lyle's casey lyle's mom has um you're on the bases or you're um yeah uh, behind the plate at stanley and everything is just boom it's right there it's perfect it's um it's fantastic and i wish um i wish more guys would be like you i know you and i of course um as i was coaching i, I remember the story too i want i want um, you to tell it the the one time um, I came out and and argued a call with you. I don't remember what the call was for. What happened? Do you? Yeah, running lane violation. Okay, gotcha. Running lane violation. It was a uh, I don't remember his first name. His last name was Wall. The kid at Wall kid played for you. John Wall. He bunted. He bunted down the first baseline, trying to move a, move a runner over, and he was going down the first baseline, and he was. God, I don't know exactly. I know he was at least two and a half foot in fair territory. He wasn't even in the running lane. Right. The catcher goes to field the ball. When the catcher goes to field the ball, he airmails it down right field. And I called a running lane violation. <laughs> and you didn't like you absolutely didn't like it. <laughs> you got after me pretty good and I just kind of smiled at you and turned around and walked off. And uh here comes Lamb. Lamb came in. He walked up, and you know how Lamb, Lamb was kind of calm most of the time. Sometimes he'd get fired up. He never got really riled at me, but sometimes he would get fired up. Yeah. Lamb came in, wanted to know what I had. I told him. He said, uh, I don't think you got that right. I said, well, first thing you can do, he just kind of stopped and looked at me. I said, if you're gonna come out here and talk about talk to me about anything, and you spit hot about half of that hog nut you got in that jaw out, because he had a, <laughs> he had about the biggest wad you'd ever seen in his mouth, and he just looked at me, he just looked at me, grinned, turned around, walked away. <laughs> the, the the lamb the lamb uh, should eat and grin that we love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just turned around, looked at me, and grinned, walked away, and then one time, I don't know if you remember this one or not, y'all were playing Catawba Valley at Catawba Valley. I remember that we had a heck of a series with them, and I do I do remember you being there. Okay. It wasn't the sorry, it was wasn't a doubleheader, it was a Sunday game. Catawba Valley was beating up for beating you up pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And you come across the field and I forgot what happened. I don't remember the whole deal of what happened the day the the end before and you was barking at my base, man. That's bullshit. You're going to run me. That's bullshit. I can't do this. That's bullshit. I said, John, I said, if you got to watch, if I got to watch this shit, you do too. And you just looked at, you just looked at me and give me this awful shit eating grin you ever seen and just kept walking. You never said another word. You just kept walking. I'm, I'm over here pleading to you, Jamie. Let me leave yeah. so I don't have to yeah, watch. You, you're, you're going to have to run me. And I said, if I got to watch this shit, you do too. And I remember you going in and telling Lamb that, and you and Lamb was laughing about it. The next half inning, I remember. I remember that. That's fantastic. Because Catawba Valley, we always went in. I hate to be this way, but we always went into that place up there, like you'd slam three fingers in the corridor because you knew how that that place was going to react, whether it was players, coaching staff, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That and was Rock- just... Rockingham was like that too, to an extent, for one point, and I can't remember the name of the brothers that were there. Um, they're no, yeah, they're no longer coaching baseball, but that, I mean that Johnson. was, yeah, 
yeah, they were they were something else, man. And um, but I, I remember um, and when I came out that one time and, and you said, I don't make the rules, I enforce them. I don't um, make the rules, I just enforce them. That was yeah. exactly. And I like it. I forget where else we were. Um, and I think at this point we had we had talked a lot over um, social media and, and stuff like that. Um, and I was, you know, bouncing some stuff off of you because um, I always try to keep, I mean, I always respected the, he- the heck out of you and um, and truly regard you as a friend. It was awesome every time I got to see you. I know a couple of times oh, yeah. been Bowman Gray, we were trying to link up when I was going to be in town or something. Yeah. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, you're just awesome, dude. I remember going out about a call and I remember saying um, this was probably like the last year of Stanley. And I was like, I was like, Jamie, did you get that right? And you looked at me with your quick little turn, of, and it, you said, yes, sir. And I said, that's all I needed to know. I'll shut the hell up now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was either yes, sir, or absolutely. Most of the time, nobody would say a word. Yeah, that's it. Like, and because I, you, you, you are... You warrant that respect, um, the way you carry yourself and the way you umpire. And um, really, it's just, I mean... One of my pet peeves, and especially sitting in the stands now watching uh, my stepson play and all that, and um, like middle of a pitch almost the other night, the umpire like calls time. Like the, the kid had already started his windup. The kid call, uh, umpire calls time and tells the guys to get back and, you know, hey, 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 back. You got to get back in there. And of course, I'm the guy in the stands like, dude, just umpire the game, you know? Yeah. And I understand you have to police all that. But you always did a fantastic job of, you know, if maybe two kids were out of the dugout or something, you know, and but they're right there close between innings. You'd be like, hey, make sure you guys stay in. Yeah. Like you're always locked in on ball strike, out safe, yes, no. You know what I mean? That's the first. That's the first thing is umpiring. The first thing you got to worry about is balls and strikes. Second thing you worry about is fire or foul that the game will play itself. That's it. And um, back to your um, story on uh, the lambs, the lambs dip. Um, we had an umpire. I, I feel so terrible. I'm sure you'll remember his name. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you'll remember his name for sure. Um, we had an umpire that did a lot of American Legion that passed away in the vehicle accident. Real skinny fella. JT Boss. JT Boss. Thank you very much, man. Um, rest in peace. That good, was one good, good friend. Very, Good I mean, friend. actually, believe it or not, I was actually at Rockingham waiting on him. He was on his way to Rockingham Community for us to do a baseball game when he had, was in that accident. My entire my entire arms and feet and legs have chills right now, man. That kid, um, that yep. guy, call me kid because he he didn't look no older than um, you know most most college guys. But he, I, I don't know how old he was when he passed away, but he um, he was always me and Bubba uh, Donathan played uh short and second all the time in legion at uh western uh-huh. and he was all he he umpired a lot of our games and a couple of times oh, yeah. a couple of times umpires like his crew, partner didn't show up like twice or three times throughout the year and he's like hey guys let's play ball and he'd go behind the mound and he'd do the whole thing and oh, uh yeah. and i'll never forget one time during a pitching change um because we just me and bubba came very close to him i had his cell phone number at one point man and he's just such a great guy when i saw that story um man i, I cried i'm about to cry right now and, class act uh, man he was a class act he was and he was so awesome and he um i'll never forget um I walk up during the pitching change and me and bubba are shooting the shit with him and talking and he's laughing and he said john he said man i i really i really like you a lot and i said i really like you too man and I said, you, again, you're you're one of the only umpires that, that like me. <laughs> and, and he said, um, 
I, I got to be honest with you. I said, oh, Lord, what now? And Bubba started laughing. He goes, John, you got to take that dip out your mouth. I said, do what now? He goes, <laughs> he goes if I can't smoke a cigarette out here, you can't dip. <laughs> yeah, and he did smoke like a freight train. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, all right, man, I, I, respect. I, I, I agree with that one. Um, <laughs> did, did you see... Um, you know, I, with, with Lamb, I mean, pretty much like you said, he's always he was kind of reserved and um, he get fiery here and there. But um, did did you ever did did you hear anything regarding not necessarily Lamb, but Stanley getting shut down, or and and if not, or if yes, just um, go with that. But no. what did you? What was your first reaction when you eventually found out that the program was was done? I was shocked. I was shocked. I mean, it's just. That was just the most asinine move I ever seen in my life, as far as school-wise. That's that's just absolutely crazy. I didn't know what what to think, really. Right, and 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 I think to me is not necessarily, of course. I and I was assistant AD at the time, and really building um, relationships and and kind of like, hey, I'm I'm all in on this coaching deal. I'm I'm this is what I'm going to do. Um, try to, you know, if we, I want to win a national championship at Stanley, and then, and then possibly, I don't know, I might stay in Albemarle forever. It's close to home, Rural Hall, and I love it here. And or if I, a D one job comes open, D two, whatever, I'm, you know, and and I'm doing this baseball. with pretty much this is about baseball right now in this podcast. But we're going to get into down the road the softball girls, the the soccer players. I mean, they had volleyball the first year. Um, so uh-huh. I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the most infamous um, days in the history of Stanley Community College that every kid that was there, um, that came before, that was there during, or came after, they all know the story, and we talk about it all the time. And Tuttero was right. I think Dylan Fink said it as well in the podcast that you were the man behind the dish. Yes, I, I only remember, and and I love everybody, so um, I'm not being. 2022 weird um the what was the black umpire's name again mayhew edwards mayhew edwards that's right and i just i remember him and i just i never i don't know maybe because you were just so professional in the way you handled everything after um after the fact and and you were the robot um (laughs) i I remember him um because he was kind of a um i'm not gonna say a jack dude but he was kind of like he's like a strong dude and big fella he was yeah, a big fella yeah and i just remember him like um being like up up on like not up on me but he was like really taking he was like center stage and wherever i was during that he was like making sure like he was like coach yeah. get him off of him coach get him off of him and then somebody said something to me i said something back to a rocky fan i shouldn't have and he like grabbed the back of my jersey i was like coach get over here so he like took really took care of me during that yeah. um but all right, so we have uh, the the game ends at second base. Derek, uh, not Derek, it was, I think it was Derek. I'm not sure, um, but Dylan Finks is shaking hands with the catcher. You're there. Right. The infamous Rockingham fight breaks out. What do you remember about that infamous day in, in Albemarle? <laughs> the first thing I remember, I was like, "What? What is fixing to happen here?" Because I heard, I heard two or three f bombs, and then I heard another word I shouldn't come out of. And yes. I'm like, holy, holy cow. Then the next thing I know, they, they're throwing hands. And I look, and Mayhew is right in the middle of it. 
Yeah. Right in the middle of it. He's just he's just grabbed two and throwed them out like a sack of flour out of the way. And I'm like, well, yes, he did. I've got to I've got to get in here and do something. Well, I tried to get in, tried to get in there and split people up. And next thing I know, there's hands thrown right around me. And I'm just I just didn't know. That was my first experience as far as altercation was. And I hate to say it, but I've been around two more besides that one. And it's just a different different scenario of what to do you know right did did, did they, you they, go ahead they tell us not to get involved to get away and kind of just pretty much see who's participating because obviously that's the people that's going to be ejected as far as officiating standpoint wise but back then i i just didn't i don't know i didn't realize i didn't react like i should or i reacted wrong i don't i just, but me and Mayhew both, we were just right in the middle of it trying to separate them. Right. And I remember um, a few years later in the BCBL, the same year I was talking about with Carnahan and the, the foul fair home rumble, um, we had a huge fight at North Myrtle Beach. Giovanni Thomas hit a ball that he thought was out. He flipped his bat. I thought it was gone. The center fielder called it literally at the wall. And I was like, damn it. And I look up and the pitcher and Giovanni are nose to nose in the first baseline between home and first. And the next thing I know, I mean, these are, these are some big boys, man. And I'll oh yeah. Just, oh yeah. Bah, bah. And I'm just like, holy cow. And I'm looking at the umpires and they're like, I'm not getting into it. I'm like, I ain't no. either. Man. That, 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 I mean, my gosh, but um, and so, so that's so that is the 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 take on like that's what you're taught is you stay out of it yeah. and watch. Yeah, because Mayhew, if I ain't badly fooled, when it was all over and said done with, Mayhew's pants were ripped and yeah. his shirt was about half torn off, torn off, and he yeah. was hot. Yep, my he was sure, hot. Because sure. he had to buy that and them things, right? Well, the shirt's eighty bucks, the pants one hundred twenty-five. My gosh, man! I know my shirt was, my jersey was torn, and and I, um, I didn't have to buy it. I'd extremely be ticked off if I had to spend that extra money on that or send a bill to Stanley or Rockingham. But did did you see? Because I remember vividly after the game because Chris Johnson uh, was a head coach at the time, and uh, he knew me from Northside High School, right? And then and then he knew my cousin Trey Massey, and right. then. But he, he that whole weekend was kind of odd because he was acting like we were longtime best buddies. He's like, John, I don't coach like this. You know that. Like, John, you need to tell your guys to shush. John, I, I'm not being mean to you, John. I just, it was just a strange dynamic because um, I did know the guy decently, I mean, fairly well. I knew you way more better at the time, right? Comparatively, but it was I almost remember- like. It was almost like it was staged, you know? It, it really was. It really was. And and I was saying, like, I remember after the game, he was almost like, um, he was talking to you and Mayhew and was saying, and talking to us, and, and we were all standing out there between the mound and home plate, I believe, and, and he was blaming it on you guys for not stopping yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I said, "Well, it's just, I said, well, this whole shit started the day before, and oh, you the weren't slide. there the day before." No, on the, I, we heard about it. It all started on somebody doing a hard slide on a double play at second base, right? Right. That's what that's what we were told by the crew that was there the day before that they was words exchanged on a hard slide by I don't remember somebody stood a hard slide into second base. It was a clean slide, but it was a hard slide into second base on a double play. Yeah, and that's and, when it when it all started. So, so, so you guys were aware coming in on Sunday that there were this, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember once 
um, I don't know if it was you or Mayhew, but I remember once or once, maybe twice during the game that, that you kind of, you guys were like, Hey, shut it off. You know? Yeah, that was, uh, one time was me. I don't remember who was at bat. Was the big first baseman. What was the first baseman's name? Uh, Aaron, was it Aaron Dishman at the time? Yes. There you go. Dishman. Yep. Okay. He went about, I don't know, probably seven, eight pitch at bat. Had fouled two or three off. Had roped one foul. Sounds like a bat. Would have been clearly a bomb, but it was a clearly 30 yards foul. And then the kid from Lockingham, pretty much, it wasn't really a good pitch. He pretty much just hung a curveball, but hung a curveball, but it crossed belt high right down the right down the middle of the plate, and he watched it for strike three. Right. And just soon, just as soon as I rung him up strike three, the whole crowd over there give a. They didn't say that directly to this, but they give a big roar. And I don't know why. And I'm sure, I don't have his number, but I'm sure he'll, he'll if he's listening, I'm sure he'll text you. Mm-hmm. He'll text you or let you know something. But I could hear Finks among anybody. I don't know why, but I could hear Dylan Finks out, out of a crowd. <laughs> I and don't just, doubt that. And just as soon, because I, I remember Dylan, most especially when he played high school at West Forsyth, because I called several West Forsyth games, plus Legion Ball at West Forsyth when I worked Legion games there. And I could hear Dylan out of anybody, and Dylan smarted a big mouthful back to him. And then here comes Wall out of the Wall was coming out of the dugout. Yeah. Because he might have been a good kid, but I just, I don't know. He, he might have been a good kid, nothing like that. But we just all partake him every time we come down there at umpire. As him being a hothead, but when Wall yeah. when Wall came out of the dugout, I jerked my mask off right there and I chapped the whole crowd. And then uh, <laughs> Lamb st- Lamb was sitting on his bucket, and Lamb st- stood up. And when he stood up, I said, "I ain't talking to you." And he sat right back down. He never said another word. Just the typical Jeff, the typical Jeff Lamb roll his dip around his lip and smile at you. That's all, that's all you got. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! And yeah, Jay Wall, man, um, I remember. Um, I got tossed at Patrick Henry Community College, and it was um, it was more at that point because of Jeff Lamb, um, Jay Wall. Um, Jay Wall got rung up on strike three. Um, of course, to me, it was down. I don't care about that. It was um, he had taken two fastballs right down the middle of the plate um, prior to that, but uh, he got rung up, and and he. He turned and he didn't walk away back to the dugout, you know, turning to your left from the third base side going back. He turned towards inside to the umpire. I don't know what he said. Um, and the umpire, uh, yeah, and the umpire, but in the whole thing, here's, here's what I got me, and I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not taking up for, um, I'll fight to the death for my guys, but I'm not saying he was right in it. But he had his head down the whole time. It's not like he was like, uh-huh. look, you know, and whatever he said, umpire, boom, see ya. I took off on a dead sprint down their baseline and lamb didn't know what happened. Um, and I got, I got an umpire's face and I was like, look, I was like, what'd he say? What'd he say? And he, and I forget what he told me. He said, um, I was like, but look, man, nobody here heard him say that. And Jay Wall is our best player, you know, one of our best players. And, and I'm like, nobody, nobody, I said, catcher, did you hear him say that? And he's like, you don't, don't talk to the other team. I'm like, catcher, I'm not being mean to the guy. Like, did you hear what he said? And the catcher's like, no, I'm like, see, he didn't even hear what you, what he said to you. 
like come on man like that and i said look i'm not he was like just just stop dude just we're done with it he he's gone you know and what what he said this way he said what what he said to me will be in the report and that's when you'll find out and i was like no that's not good enough i want to know what he said right now because he's my player and if he did whatever he said if it was that bad then we'll take we'll take care of it in house and he was like, it'll be in my report. And of course, I took the um, playing for peanuts, Wally ba- ba- Backman, and said, you can take the report and shove it up your bleep. And there, brother. Yes, sir. There we go. I like it, man. Um, we're going to blame this one on Dylan Finks. The only time we've had technical difficulties is with Dylan Finks. And then we mentioned Dylan Finks. And look what happens. When the shit hits the fan, Finks involved. <laughs> Every single time. Or in his case, when the egg hits the the egg hits the transformer and they exploded at the chimney's apartments. But uh, <laughs> but, um, but where, where we were, just to, I'm going to close on that one. Um, but... Um, but I, the, I went to the umpire and because he had tossed Jay Wall, and he never looked at the umpire. He kept his head down. Whatever he said was was good enough to get him tossed. Right. And and but nobody else could hear it. The catcher didn't even hear it. And he said it'd be in his report. So I took the Wally Backman and told him, you know, you can take the report and shove it up your rear end. And um, he still didn't toss me. And and Lamb was just kind of standing there. And, and he was like, um, he was like, all right, let's go. I'm like, what? I'm not going anywhere. And, and he was like, the umpire looked at me and I was like, look, man, I, I'm not leaving here until you toss me. Simple fact that this man, and this is when stuff was really starting to kind of, you know, uh, get some tension between us. I said, because this man right here is not sticking up for shit. So we just uh-huh. tossed me. So it looks like I stood up for my player and, um, and, and he was like, sure. And he banged me. And then um, I told Lamb walking out, I was like, "I'll pay the fine." And um, so that was that was one of the situations talking about Jay Wall. Um, but he was a super talented player, man. Just oh yeah, you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. One of those guys that um, a lot like me. I can't believe I only got thrown out twice as a player, and I can't believe it wasn't more. You guys had some uh, very good patience with me um, throughout your whole uh, the whole North Carolina staff. That's for sure. <laughs> believe it or not, the us umpires up in this area, we've got some pretty good umpires. Believe it or not, you can go, you can go around the state, and a lot of the people know where we come from, who we are, cause of our reputation. You know. Again, absolutely, and I have to find out. Um, I'll text you and see if um, what some of the upcoming games, and see if I know uh-huh. anybody there, and be like, hey, make sure you guys um, say, oh, Mr. Uh, Jamie Payne, the robot man. <laughs> That's funny. It, I mean, it was crazy when they started, first started talking about robot umps. I remember the day I heard that. Um, I forget who I was with, but it might have been Minner Labrador, the guy that was the assistant there that last year. Uh-huh. I, I was talking to him or something. He's like, you see these robots? They're talking about robot umps. I was like, um, yeah, Jamie Payne? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> funny. But um, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's not it's not a slam. I hope I hope you understand. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. It's just the way you. I mean, it's so military precision with every single thing. And it was. Uh, and I mean, it's it's respected. Trust me, it's very respected um, because of. Um, now I can't always agree with every call that you make. Now, of course, I'm, I still think Jay Wall was it was in the running lane. But I'm kidding. There you go. There you go. There <laughs> but. You go. Uh, but no, seriously though, I mean, it's just it's it's a respect thing because I knew, 
you know, I didn't know this a lot, but I knew when Jamie Payne was assigned our game, and and he he was he showed up at the dawn or wherever we had him, or had you. It was you were gonna you were gonna show up. You were gonna do your job. There was gonna be no fiasco, no shenanigans, no. You were gonna take care of business, and and the guys were gonna play baseball, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The, le- the least you can see- be seen, the better. The game will play itself. That's it, man. Um, so just to just to close on the Rockingham uh, story, what was, what do you, what do you remember? Because um, I I know I didn't realize that um, David Larmond, who was a pitcher at the time, he broke his hand hitting a guy for us. Yeah. Uh, Casey Lyles was ejected. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, he was told they 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 saw his number and they saw him throw a punch. Um, do you remember um, what I remember? The guy leaving off the field, and then Finks kind of told us what was happening in the pile. Do you remember the the, the, the parent from Rockingham coming on the field? I cannot remember this. Can't not remember whose whose dad that was. But you you do remember a guy coming on the field? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. A true, absolute hothead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they had a little. I don't remember the whole deal, but they, later later on they had a little deal with him. Later on at Rockingham, and, and that's that's sad. Let the, let your son play baseball. Right. It's that's it. It's not your it's not your fight. You know, like um, yeah. you know, if, if if something were to happen to Braden in a um, on field altercation, and and uh, hey, I'm not running out there. Let, go ahead. You got to handle it. You got to you got to be a big boy oh. if you're in that situation. Um, and it was just I mean it's just a situation where people. I understand it's not something it shouldn't it should never happen but it's not no. something that if it does happen it's not the end of the world no one has a gun out there and i mean we hope but <laughs> yeah you're right in this day and time but you know nobody has a gun out there it's guys that are competitors that are um just you got the competitive juices flowing and, and stuff led to another and and I mean, just like the fight in the BCBL with Giovanni and, and that pitcher from uh, the wave or whatever, um, I told the guys like, hey, look, y- y'all are crazy enough to try to go to their apartments or townhouses or whatever and try to keep this thing going. And they're like, no, coach, I got you. And then they took like a two team photo. It was like 25 guys at a bar that night. They sent it to me like, yo, we're good. I'm like, gosh, guys, you're scaring the mess out of me now. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I mean that's you know, that, and I kind of respected that because it's old school. Like you know, you grow up with a guy, you get in a fight on the playground or basketball court, and you you go home and you hang out with him the next day. Well, that's the way it was when I played, man. If if you done anything wrong, we talked junk to the other team, and you stepped in the batter's box, you took one in the ear hole. Right, absolutely. And and nowadays it's it's uh, it, it's all about the Instagram post now. Yeah, everybody's everybody's wanting to sue you. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's what uh, I I told my wife. I said, um, with this podcast and and um, some some this other guy I can't stand, but I said I said well, I, I might need to be very careful. I mean, <laughs> I got you. But I, I mean, I, you know. But I mean, it's 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 all just all it's it's fun stories to talk about from the past. Um, you know, and and it, it's. Um, I don't know. I just I enjoy talking to you guys and, and talking to former players and stuff, and, and just kind of getting down to what really happened at Stanley. Even though um, right. what happens at the end is is not necessarily um, looks good on a couple of people. I don't look good in a couple of the stories, and that's fine. It's just um, it, it was too much fun in Albemarle um, for it to just be forgotten to, in, in my eyes. True, true. 
and well, and I love Don Montgomery Park. It probably wasn't the most beautiful place on earth, and I know it wasn't, but we I made it home for sure. And hey, it was getting better. The the more y'all stayed there, the better it was getting. When the first yeah, went down there, it was bad. Yeah, I appreciate that because we I I, I mean I, I don't know if you heard the the one podcast where. I would put dirt. Uh, I found we couldn't get clay for the mound and stuff, and and I found some good clay down in the creek bed, and I had to yeah. John Deere pull in the trash can full of clay, and oh, it was brutal, man. So I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> but but so back to the Rockingham fight to end that one. Um, so those those guys were ejected from us. Um, you remember that the dad coming on the coming on the field. Um, I remember standing there talking, and and we. Um, kind of agree that these guys were the ones that were going to be ejected um and we waited in left field um for them to get on their bus and, and go back to rockingham before our guys left or anything yeah we wouldn't let you go we wouldn't right. let you go right and so what what do you remember i guess when you you get in your car and you you get your your gear off and, and you sit down in your car to head back to dobson you go, you take you a deep breath, and, and what what is running through your mind? Well, first of all, when something like that happens, you and your partner have to sit there and kind of make sure everybody's on the same page, and then you got to call your assigner. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had to call Trexler, and which was which is still one of my assigners now, and you of course you're going to hear pretty much a big earful about what all of that any any kind of any kind of ejections is right. no no good unless it's deserved and then after we told him the whole deal and he's like well looks like y'all handled it the best you could and, and, and y'all did absolutely yeah but that's it's just kind of you just kind of gotta gotta kind of settle down and play it over again and make sure you done what you're supposed to do you know Right, and and that's the thing I think with um, the I, I get off topic a lot, but it's all kind of in the same boat. But with the Jawan Howard thing at Michigan, uh, when he kind of like reached over and slapped a coach or whatever, and yeah, that was that was no that was no bueno. Right, absolutely, and and my that's that's like my point is you're you're so is in in every aspect from a coach to a player to the umpire, all this stuff escalates. People in the stands are watching this stuff, and and it kind of happens in slow motion to them. And I think part of the fight did too, in my eyes, remembering it. But but it was people in the stands are like, "What's going on?" They're not actually involved in it, and it happened so quickly. I know as soon as he looked back at it, he was like, "Jesus, I'm stupid." Yeah, you know, and. Yeah. You look- you know, as Jamie Payne, the umpire is like, all right, did I do what I was supposed to do? And and say, and you did, but say you didn't. I think that's still warranted, though, to some extent, because it happens so quickly. You're just in the heat of the moment, and your natural instincts take over, like Mayhew grabbing guys, like getting them out, like, come on, guys, quit this. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the natural instinct of who that person is. And, and he probably saved a couple broken noses that day. <laughs> You're exactly right. Now this day and time, if you lay your hands on a player or something like that, you get sued. Man, um, Sunshine Bears, another shout out. My daughter's um, eight-year-old rec basketball team. We won the the, the championship. Um, it was pretty cool. They actually they announced the kids with the lights off and music playing, and it was it was so cool to have that competitive atmosphere. I'm glad we moved down in this area, um, especially for stuff like that, because I'm a highly competitive guy. We all know that. Um, uh-huh. And 
to speak on your point about if you touch anybody, uh, my girl Lydia, who is um, just a player on the team, I've known her for um, since right before Christmas. I've known her for not uh, for two months, and she hit a like a half court shot that again, umpires, referees, come on, guys. Um, I thought it should have counted. We have video that says it should have counted. We actually won in double overtime, but she hit a half court shot at the end of the first overtime that we all thought won the game. And I love that child. I love that girl. She's so cool. And I went running out and I picked her up and I, you know, threw her up in the air and I was, you know, and it was, and everybody was like running on the court. It was cool. And after the game, I said, I, her mom was a really cool person. And, and, um, I was like, Hey, I'm sorry that I picked her up like that. If I'm just like, and I, and she goes, no, you're fine. I'm like, but you understand why I said that. Right. Cause it is a situation where this day and time, my Lord, man, no telling what would happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited. Oh, yeah. A girl hitting the shot. I, you know, I don't right. think stuff like that till again after the fact. It's the instinct of being a caring coach and uh, and whatever. So, right. Um, but anyway, man. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it, that was that was a crazy day for sure. And I love all the stories about the Rockingham fight because, um, you know, it was a thing that escalated. And I look back, and we were talking about it um, after the podcast, uh, after a podcast with somebody. It, it was either Derek or it was. It was um, it was Finks, I believe. Um, we were talking about if we hadn't had you two guys there, and it was two umpires that didn't try to intervene or, or you know, kind of settle this whole mess down. Um, that thing could have got ugly with the, oh, with the parent coming on, and oh my uh-huh. god! So, exactly, I agree. Um, so you, you keep umpiring. You're doing JUCO. You're doing um, uh, some some uh, Division One. Um, non-conference stuff uh-huh. uh, how cool was it i saw where you put that you um umped a game with the green or um some games with the greensboro grasshoppers and the winston-salem dash how oh, awesome is that to step behind the dish in those or step on step on uh between the lines on those days i want to tell you something something crazy you're not going you're, you're going to be uh, it's kind of shameful but after after i think about it later on it's not but rest is peace, Tommy Caudill, which was one of my signers as well. He assigned all Legion ball this area, but he passed away last fall. All right, so I hate to interrupt, man. I my my um my hands just kind of went numb. I did not know he passed away. Yeah, COVID. He sure did. Damn. But uh, Tommy Caudill, he always assigned uh Mr. Moore, who owns the Grasshoppers. And they always called him from Winston if they had an umpire sick or got hurt the night before or had a death in the family or something. It couldn't make a series or a game or whatever. They, they would call Tommy. Tommy would call the best umpire he thought would be good for him. Tommy calls me one Saturday noon. Hey, what are you doing? Well, I was actually not fixed to go play golf, actually. I said, I fixed to go to the golf course. He said, well, you got a game tonight? That was during Legion season. I said, no, Tommy, you give me the night off. He said, well, I got a good opportunity for you if you want it. I said, what's that? He said, they're wanting an umpire for the weekend at the Dash Stadium. I mean, at the Grasshopper Stadium. You want to come work today and tomorrow? Wow. I was like a kid in a candy store. I said, sure. I said, when's the first pitch? He said, two o'clock. I said, Tommy, it's noon. I said, you realize it's an hour and a half for me to drive to Greensboro? Yeah. He said, "He said, well, I'll call them, tell them you're on the way. He said, they're waiting on you. <laughs> so I throw everything together. I had pretty much everything done, but I threw everything together, hit the road 
pretty much. I don't know if you're not. You're from Rural Hall. You're familiar. Yeah. How how fifty two is fifty two is just an absolute train wreck most of the time. All the now, time. <laughs> well, I go through Winston, get on forty to go to Greensboro. Two o'clock first pitch. I roll in at 140, 20 minutes. You're supposed to be there an hour, hour and a half before. I get there twenty minutes before. And this, and this is your first minor league game. First, first game. My base man's luckily rub baseballs because you've got to rub from three to five dozen baseballs depending before each game. He luckily had had the baseballs rubbed up. I get there and I'm dressing like a banshee, just <laughs> throw, throwing stuff on, throwed stuff on, got everything ready. We walk out on the field. Both coaches come out, shake hands. We go through plate beating. Everything's all well, go, good. Start the game. I have this big Dominican as a catcher for the dash. He's about 6'5". He's, he's just an absolute beast. He look, I look like JT Boss umpiring behind him. All you can see pretty much is my <laughs> top of my shoulders and my head behind him because he was so big. And I ain't I ain't a real small kid myself. Right. But uh, start the game, he couldn't speak a lick of English. Yes, no, that's about all he could say. He blabbered a bunch of stuff. He, he, I could... Every time I'd speak to him, he understood me, but I didn't know him from apple butter. Right. <laughs> first, first ball hit. Simple ground ball to shortstop, and I know you know the game too. Nobody on the plate man comes down the first baseline, trails the runner to first. And I've always been known. I'm not no speed demon, but I've always been known to hustle. Right. I'll come down the line pretty much just about as fast as the runner does. I come three-fourths away down the bag every time with nobody on. Well, I come down the line, and I'm like a bullet. I'm within three foot of that runner running down the line. I was like, well, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to catch him. <laughs> well, I slowed down. The play happened. He's out. I go back to the plate. Second batter comes up. Another ground ball to second base, and I go down the line in, and I just about had to do the same scenario. I was like, well, I'm getting down the line good. I guess it's my adrenaline because I'm working this game. Third batter comes in. Pitcher throws a nasty hook. That catcher goes to block it. It comes off the right-hand shin guard and just kind of brushes my pant leg. Mm -hmm. I'm like, boy, that's awful close. Then I got to thinking. Here... Here, dumbass me has rushed and got ready and got dressed and everything. I didn't put my shin guards on. Oh, man. <laughs> so, did you put them on after the inning? Well, I put them on after the th I worked three innings without them. I put them on after the third inning. I was oh, when, they, when they go out and there's a little more time when they drag the field and stuff? Well, at Greensboro, if you've ever, when the grasshoppers first started, they have a a dog that brings out the, the baseballs. Yeah, yeah. The dog in a boy with a basket. Well, they have every three innings was the third inning, the seventh, uh, the third inning, the fifth, and the seventh. They have a little like a contest, something to do with a dog or spin the bat around. Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah. The, yeah, the okay. yeah. Well, the, they had the, the contest with the dog. They were throwing frisbees out in the infield for the dog to catch, and. I told my baseman, I said, oh, I'm going to go use the restroom. Well, each dugout has a restroom, but the locker room is just right behind, at Greensboro, the locker room is just right behind the third base dugout. So I just go down to the opening there at the third base dugout to the locker room, and I run in there and I slap my shin guards on right quick. 
And that bass man to this day, unless he's hearing right now, to this day, he still didn't know I didn't put my shin guards on. <laughs> that is a fantastic story, man. But I'll tell you what, the old sphincter, you couldn't squeeze a, you couldn't squeeze a sewing needle through it. I was, I was, I was terrified through three innings, cuz. I guarantee it, man. That would have been, that's a different level right there. My yeah. gosh. Yeah, I wow. Can. That is the best story. I, that's that's top five in my entire life, man. That is great. <laughs> that was that was pretty tough right there. That is insane. So what? But well, this may be the answer to this question. What's the uh, craziest story you have as an umpire? Is it that or no, 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 no? Uh, two thousand. Let's see. Two thousand twelve. American Legion Southeast Regionals in Asheboro. You know, the Legion's got the state tournament. And right. Then you go you go to the regionals. The winner of the regionals goes to the World Series in Shelby. Mm-hmm. I was privileged enough to work for American Legion regionals in Asheboro. Well, in this regional in Asheboro, a local, you got one state tournament. The state champion plays there. And then the host team, which is Asheboro, they all, the host team always used to play in the regional because they're hosting. Well, the state champion was a... Uh, Kenston. Okay. Kenston had this real good player, outfielder, left-hander, end up playing pro ball, Trot Nixon. <laughs> Some people may know that name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trot Nixon. Okay. And he was just as good then as he was when he played pro ball, pretty much. If you've never been to Asheboro, to the Copperhead Stadium in Asheboro, it's a real nice facility, turf infield. Now it's the turf all the way around, but it's turf infield, 30, 40-foot walls all the way around the outfield. They got the big cow up in left field, right? Exactly, and it's like, seemed like it's 340 down the left field line, and it's over 400 dead center. Right center field's the scoreboard, and it's 25 foot above the 30-foot wall. Well, it's nothing, nothing going into the ninth bottom of the ninth nothing 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 they was playing Wilmington which was the year before's regional winner that went to uh, the World Series and runner up for the World Series Wilmington had a kid at, uh, well you I'm sure you you know him too Wilmington had Tyler White that played for Carolina yeah absolutely Tyler White was on the bump they brought him in in the sixth or seventh of course I was working the stick seemed like uh, I hate to say it, but it seemed like 95% of what I work anymore is on the stick. It was when I started. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was on the plate. They call it working the plate. They call it, we call it working the stick. Right. Anyway, I was on the plate. Tyler White was throwing absolute seeds and just just absolutely had Keston shut down. Trot Nixon comes in the bat. The very first pitch, he whizzes 95 right by his ear. Well, Trot Nixon, he just... He was a man among boys. He throws his bat down, here he goes. Well, I just get between them, I look at him, I say, what happened today? I said, let's get in the box. Well, he's not going to throw at me. I said, well, I'm going to address that too. I said, get your bat and get back in the box. Well, by then, my other two umpires came in. I turn around, go to the mound, and I take a baseball, and I didn't just lay it in Tyler White's glove. I slammed it in his glove. I said, any more like that? I said, you're done. You understand me? 
he didn't even look at me. He was looking at the ground. I said, do you understand me? And I pushed down on his blood. He looked at me and said, yes, sir. I said, absolutely. I went back to the plate. When I went back to the plate, you could hear Trot just mumbling to himself, just rah, 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 rah. Well, the next two pitches, White's tried to throw something that he ain't even threw in his life, and they two hopped to the plate. Of course, they're balls. Third pitch, he fouls off. Fourth pitch, probably 400 foot, but he hit it 100 foot foul. The very next pitch, I'll never forget it. The very next pitch, you ain't never heard a man grunt no more in your life. White grunt, grunted when he threw this steamer in there, and it was probably mid thigh high. Mm-hmm. Trot, and Trot Nixon's hit it in the road behind Copperhead Stadium. <laughs> wow. He didn't just hit a bomb, he hit it in the road. Wow. Well, the best thing about it, when he hit it, he took his bat and stood his bat up on home plate. The barrel of the bat stood it up on home plate, and he ran all the way around and gave White. He said, there's just something to look at, big boy. Took the bat <laughs> up and walked off. <laughs> wow, that is insane. Uh, I ain't never seen a ball hit that far in my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. I. It's funny. It, it happened there. I was just every time we go back to Winston or through Winston to uh, where my wife's from in Ohio, uh, we go through Winston Salem, and every time we pass by uh, Copperhead Stadium, I, I like I hit, I hit a couple bombs there, and um, another North Carolina boy, UNC guy, got drafted. Um, Winston Salem boy, Greg Holt. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just actually while you were talking, text Dylan Finks real quick. Oh man, I just messed it up. We're gonna we're gonna have more technical difficulties. I shouldn't have done that, um, but I wanted to make sure I was I got the name right. But um, we were at that we were at that stadium one time before a Legion game, taking BP and Coach Yoder, who was an absolute oh, yeah. stud. Yeah, you remember? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Coach Yoder was throwing us BP, and I had a couple. We, we I did my round, and then Greg was in a different group, and Greg. Uh, it's a line shot. I remember I was jogging back out to just take some fungos from Coach Mack at, at shortstop, and um, and I just I hear you know you hear a ping, and and then you just hear like this. I, there's no other be- better way to explain it than like almost like a if you have a garage door up and you have to just drop it and slam it. I mean it was yeah. just loud, like almost like a car wreck. And I see Yoder laying on the on the uh on the ramp where he's throwing bp from and somehow he threw the bp pitch he was a lefty and greg had hit a ball with a little top spin back to the left up the middle and it came back and hit him on the top of his forearm and broke his forearm um so he went to the hospital i think he came back like in the sixth inning with his arm all casted up and everything and um, the fastest hospital trip I've ever seen, but um, it was as crazy. I, so many good stories happened there. Um, I met Gary Gilmore at that stadium, at the Coastal Carolina National Championship yeah. coach. Like you know, oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just it's it's a storied piece of North Carolina that always has so many. Um, and I'm sure Trot's ball went further. I remember um, I hit a bomb um, right near the uh, the cow. That's how, how I can remember that was there. Yeah, left field. Yeah, and then and then like two innings later, or maybe three innings later, Greg Holt, um, he came in. He hit a bomb and comes in. I was like, dude, seriously? Like, wh- where did that come from? That's it, one of the first balls I've ever seen hit. The one he hit that night. It was. It, they had those pine trees right on the wall, pretty much. And, yeah. I mean, it was. Um, I'm not gonna say it was over the light pole in left center, but it was it was pretty daggum close over to the. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. 
I mean, but but yeah, that's that's crazy. So what what's so that was was that the walk off home run? Yeah, that was it. That was it. When he walked, when he went around the bases, he picked it up, picked the bat up, and looked up, looked at White. He said, "There's just something to look at, big boy," and just walked on. <laughs> Man, the the game within the game is so fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's what's your uh, worst injury that you've ever had back there behind the plate? Luckily, it wasn't at the uh, Grasshopper Stadium, but this is gonna you won't believe it. But it happened actually happened last year. Really, working a JUCO game. Caldwell Community took a straight pitch. They said it was 93. I don't know. Took a straight pitch straight to the right knee. Busted my shin guard Oof. and and busted my right kneecap in seven places. I had to have reconstructive kneecap surgery. I was out for four and a half months. My gosh, I didn't know that happened. Oh, yeah. My Lord. So it does, obviously it does as um, I can I, – I'm – I tore my uh, patella tendon off of my um, tibia uh, not long ago, so dealing with that issue. But uh, so you had you said four and a half months. You had the surgery. You got that. Yeah. How how much does that affect you now behind the plate? Very little. Very Good. little. Very little. I mean, when I was catching, when I played, I mean, I was beat up all the time. I mean, I I took I got a bruise. I got my spleen bruised. I got an arm broke. I mean, just when you play, you're gonna get hurt. And, uh, to me, umpiring the same way. You're gonna get hurt. You just gotta be careful. Right. And and to I mean, perfect segue. And this was not on our um, talk on, on our sheet, but just reminded me of um, I don't know if you heard the Dylan Fink's podcast when I talked about seeing him and Carrie, and I had this dad come up to me um, and just like started cussing me out um, about my my Twitter, and I was like, dude, I don't know you and and you know so on and so forth and and he said well you you tweeted about me i'm like okay did i tag you in it he was like no i said well then i don't know you then that's what pretty much the wizard twitter account was was like this baseball stuff i see in here whether good or bad and always trying to help kids move on to the next level got a kid today from maryland um that i don't even know i saw a coach from down this way he tweeted does anybody um need a need an infielder for uh college summer league i got a guy really uh looking for a spot to play it was seven minutes later he's he's on this he's on the team so i mean I, i'm trying to help the guys if, if i'm talking right. to you it's about the adults um, there you go there you go yeah and um so apparently this guy is the guy that said it. I had no clue. His name's David, by the way. Hey, Dave. Um, <laughs> and he and he, he doesn't. He lives in North Carolina, actually. And, and his son is a stud, man. He's going to be a very good player. Uh, I think he's a sophomore. He's a, or he's a sophomore this year. He's a stud. He's, he's fantastic. Going to be a great player. Um, and pulling for him for sure. Um, but not for Dave. Like, he came at me cussing at me, and and I want to get your and I know it's going to be genuine because Jamie Payne's always genuine. This is what happened, Jamie. I, I'm down in West Palm Beach, Florida. It's freaking. It's July. It's freaking hot. My month and a half old baby that I've seen for two weeks is at home. I'm traveling around with my son for on the on the whole baseball, um, you know, track that everybody does these days, and and um, unfortunately with the labrum surgery, we're not going to be able to do that this year. But I'm sure we'll be uh, – I know he'll come back strong. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm watching. I got one kid. We're in West Palm Beach, Florida, mind you. I got one my, – my son, stepson's playing on this field here. 
and and then we're at the Mets and uh, or not the Mets, we're at the Nationals and uh, yeah, we're at the Nationals and Mets training complex. Right. Yeah. And um, so the super nice fields, obviously, and and there's four four fields clustered throughout on different like so twelve total fields. Anyway, I, I can look at I can turn around three sixty degrees and watch four games at one time. Okay. So in one field I got my my son playing. And the other field over here, I got a kid from North Myrtle Beach playing that I know very well that that I love, like like he's mine, that I've coached before. And then his older brother is playing on 18U uh, team, uh, Prairie to UCAM. He's going to have to have surgery soon. Um, he's going to Georgia Tech, absolute stud. And he's playing on this field. And then you have Prince Fielder's son, that's pretty cool, playing oh, on yeah. the other field. So I'm just sitting and watching. Braden's playing first base and hitting this game, and he had pitched the, a couple days before. And I'm just turning around, and this umpire on our field, the one my son's on, is he's calling stuff. He's calling stuff way up. I mean, it is. It was up, and and parents are freaking out, and I'm just lay low and just you know whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, pitch is elevated. Hell, hit it. It's gonna go further. Right? I, I'm all for hitting elevated pitch. That's neither here nor there. But you know, swing the bat. Um, so eventually the dad freaks out. He's like, that's, that's even higher than the last one. Come on, wake up. And I'm just laughing. I'm back watching Drew play over here on this other field. And and um, I just glance over and the umpire takes a foul ball right off his mask. And it was one of the ones where the mask kind of turns it sideways on his face. Uh-huh. And, and the dad goes, that's what you get. That's what you get. And I was like, "Wow!" So I tweeted. Oh. I tweeted that was like, I, I, my tweet was, "Parents, when an umpire gets injured or hit in the face, don't ever, don't ever yell out. That's what you get. That's a terrible no. look for not only you but your son and your organization." So a week later, the guy sees me, and and I didn't know who said it. I just heard it, honestly. And um, so he comes and finds me at seven in the morning. I'm over here just half asleep, hugging Dylan Finks. Hadn't seen him in a long time. And um, and this guy comes up and he's cussing me and all this stuff. And and I, he was like, well, you need to understand what I meant before you tweeted it. I'm like, again, I didn't know who said it. I heard it. If the shoe fits, wear it. And he says, um, he says, what I meant was that he gets what he deserves because umpires don't call fast call strikes up in the zone because they're more susceptible to getting injured if they do on foul balls. I said, you might be the most foolish shit person I have ever heard. What an have idiot. You, have you what ever an, heard that? No. What an idiot. <laughs> what, what, what an idiot. I mean, my gosh, dude. Like, I mean, he was really trying. And so me being me, and, and we all know that's that's – not good sometimes i guess in this day and age politically correctness i tweeted or i text like um like seven major league scouts seven uh ncaa head coaches and a couple other guys and was like hey have you ever heard about this like umpires don't call it up so they're not susceptible to injury and they were all like no so he's leaving with his family after the game Braden's walking out and i was like Braden's always funny i was like you want to hear this or you want to go to the truck you know either one and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm right out here. <laughs> and, and I was like, hey, man, Dave, come here real quick. And I was like, look at all these guys. This is a guy that uh, was with the Bureau. Now he's with the Mets. This guy's uh, head coach at so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. They all they all have never heard that before. And he was like, you, you're you're an idiot. You're trash. You're, you're. I'm like, well, don't. And he was about to cry. I'm like, don't cry, man. He was like, oh, I'll make you cry. I'm like, man, come on, dude. I'm just saying, you said it. 
and then I didn't. I would have never known who said it, but you know, <laughs> made it. You made it. You made it known. So, um, but as an umpire, I, I I'm pretty sure you don't call pitches up in the zone strikes so you don't get hurt. You don't call them up in the zone because they're balls. Correct. Correct. There you go. <laughs> correct. Correct. A um, couple more things, man. I, I want to keep you. I appreciate everything, man. You have been awesome. Um, one of your most memorable moments was uh, D two regional in 2017 at Mount Olive. What 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 happened uh, there? Just just that whole experience. That whole experience. Uh, Mount Olive was actually in it. That was Carter Caps. I don't know if you know who Carter Caps is. I do. That was Carter Caps senior year, and I got to. I actually worked at Conference Conference Carolinas. I got to see him go through Mount Olive. That's awesome. And that was the year that uh, Mount Olive won the national championship, D two national championship. And you t- you're talking about the real deal. Now he was the real deal. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. Get you this though. My first, I was the rookie going in. Everybody else that was in the whole eight umpire crew, we had a four-man rotation. Four guys worked one game. Four guys worked the second game. I went in. I was the youngest guy there. Experience-wise, I wasn't youngest age-wise. There was one kid. wasn't He was ten years younger than me, but he'd been working college baseball longer than I had, which is fine. I didn't give three shits. But. Right. The night before we got together, everybody wanted to have a meal together. Everybody just get to get to know each other before everything started, and they wanted to have a little running thing going on. And I was like, well, "What are y'all talking about?" Well, everybody's going to put ten bucks in a pot. Whoever runs the quickest plate job in this tournament drags the pot. Well, all right, I'm good with that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, they draw straws. On who's going to work game one and lo and behold the rookie gets to work game one so I work game one behind the plate which is all well and good but what they didn't understand was game one was number one versus number ten the best team versus the worst team there yeah and the best team there was Mount Olive they was ranked one they were playing North Georgia which comes which squeaked in as a ten seed Mount Olive beat North Georgia two to nothing. I worked that game in an hour fifteen. Wow! For nine innings, that was quarter caps throwing absolute BBs. He threw he threw a four hitter, not complete game four hitter. Jeez! And I walked off with an hour fifteen when I walked in the locker room. And boys was like, there "Ain't no touching that." <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no doubt about it, man. I, I have a running joke down here that. Shoot, maybe I should put some money on it. You go umpire behind the plate at a coastal game. Um, I love Coach Schnall. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic. Oh yeah, guy. he's class act. He is absolute. I mean, this guy he wakes up and he eats baseballs for breakfast. Like this guy is um, an absolute savage, and I, I love him more than everything. And it has nothing against coastal at all. It just always seems like I can watch two full baseball games, whether it's Clemson versus Akron and South Carolina versus. Um, you know, so and so, Georgia State or something. Watch both of them six hours later, and Coastal's still in the sixth inning. It's so mm-hmm. crazy, man. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I need to text Kevin and see what, um, see if they're if it's if it's them or what. It's just it's so weird to me. Some some teams play slow. Wofford, you go to Wofford, and there's no no you ain't gonna go to Wofford and get out no less than three and a half. Right. No no less. Some teams play extremely slow. Yeah. 
and that's fine. It's just it's just it's crazy though. It's that's cool. So did you you obviously wound up uh, winning the pot that weekend? Yeah, but I got a little I got a little kick in the pants though. The I was fortunate enough the crew chief put me on the semifinal game, and the semifinal game was a uh, LMU versus Pembroke. Mm-hmm. Well, that game went 14 innings. It was five hours, two minutes. Good gosh. Yeah. My. This, this was the, second, the, the the regional was second week of June. And if you're familiar from you living at the beach, you know how hot it is in Goldsboro. Mount Olive's right outside of Goldsboro. You know how hot it is. Yeah, boy. I was pretty much a half-dead puppy when I walked off the field. I'm sure, man. That's one of the things I, I've always wondered um, and people, people during travel ball, they'll make fun of like umpires that come out to uh, in the infield with shorts on. Now, I, I obviously was not going to happen at uh, in the college level or high school level or whatever. But I'm like, why, man, it's 140 out here. I'm in shorts. Y'all are in shorts. I mean, my gosh, man, it, I, I don't know how you guys do it. Them thick pants and um, and all that stuff, all the gear. My gosh, man, I uh, I, 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 I wouldn't want to do it. There's actually something we can buy. It's 150 bucks, but you can buy it. It's like a, well, it's, it's pretty much like you're doing racing. They make an umpire's cool suit. Nice. It's like it's like a vest. You put the vest on under your chest protector, but it's like 150 bucks. Yeah. But it's got a ton. It's, it's pretty much gel, like an ice pack gel. You put it in the freezer and freeze it. Before the game, you put it on, zip it up. Uh, well, in in some cases though, if you're umpiring at the beach on turf, that thing will be melted by the bottom of the first. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a turf a turf trick we learned. The first regional I had at Ashboro, because the Legion Regionals is in August, and of course on that turf field at Ashboro, it's hot too. Oh boy! And uh, hats off to the pews, the pews that run that at Ashboro. They're they're some class act people. Yes, sir. But uh. My crew chief that weekend was a former pro umpire. He worked triple-A ball. And he said, uh, I'm going to tell you all a trick for this turf. And they're like, what are you talking about? He said, go to Walmart and buy you six pair of shoe insoles. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? And he said, go back there in the grocery section and buy you a box of baggies. And we were just all dumbfounded. Uh-huh. He said, I'm going to explain. Let me finish. He said, when you get them shoe insoles and get them gallon-sized baggies, he said, go back to your room, take out a pack of insoles, put them in a gallon baggie. All six pair of them. He said, stick them in the freezer. He said, when you go to umpire that day, put them insoles in your shoes. He said, keep your feet from getting blistered. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, we had it the first, my first ever BCBL game in Myrtle Beach. It was uh, at Market Common, was pretty new at the time. And um, Kevin, Pri- Kevin Price, our center fielder, runs in. He's like, hey, coach, look at this. And one of his spikes had actually melted um, like half off of his the bottom of his shoe. Mm-hmm. Wow. They'll, you get your feet blistered. Then, of course, umpires just wear yeah. what, we, what y'all call turf shoes, but it's just like, just like turf shoes all it is. But it'll, it'll actually blister your feet through your shoe yeah oh yeah i remember that summer i was i was miserable most of the summer because our games were like at one o'clock and uh my the bottom of my feet hurt all the time uh-huh. it's tough man it's it, tough it, it is man and and again to the people listening and all the parents that listen to this 
um, hopefully you guys have a little more of a um, a newfound respect for umpiring um, hearing some of these awesome stories um, and and one thing that talking with Jamie earlier that I didn't know but I, I didn't put two and two together but I should have um, knowing a lot of umpires especially running the fall league in Myrtle Beach with DP and stuff and kind of setting stuff up with uh, Don Wiggins there who does a great job um, it, it's I never, I never realized that umpires, because I guess you are contracting yourself out, right? You, you're right. not, you don't get any insurance or benefits. No sir, no sir, you're you're self-employed. So I mean, that's 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 crazy, man. Um, don't you don't have you don't have to answer this um, if you don't want to, and you don't have definitely don't want to say a number. Um, you obviously got, hopefully you got. Was the pay a lot better at the at the minor league level when you do those games? No, it's not as good as college. Really? No. Wow. Yeah, I learn something every day. That's 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 incredible. That's, that's incredible. Yep. Um, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's not. So so you're working a full time job always. You always have. Um, yeah. Yep. Is is working towards? Um, how how old are you now, Jamie? Forty six. Forty six. So is this is this something you're still? Are you wanting to pursue this to? Uh, for this to be a full time gig? Um, what, well, you know, always, what's what's the future always, like? I've always inspired to get better and to move up. Yes, I've always been inspired to do that. That's why I've always, ever since the first camp I went to, that pro in, pro instructor. Well, you know who it is. I'll tell you who it is. Cowboy Joe West was my one of my instructors. Did he, did he give you a free CD or album when you got there? No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, he always he taught the first thing he told us. Y'all, he told us the deal about. When you walk up on the field, half of them's going to be pissed off. The best thing you can do is work the rest of the game, not piss the rest of them off. And he said, you always want to work every game like it's your last. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely, man. That's, that's, I mean, that's that's just – and that, that goes for everything you do in life, man. Like, you, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what tomorrow holds. It, you know, if, if today was the last day that – you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. It, like always players, you never know when it'll be your last game. Umpires, obviously to do what you guys do, you have a completely crazy passion for the game of baseball and what you're doing and trying to perfect your craft. And, um, you know, you never know when it's going to be your last. So, so never take a, take a pitch off or anything like that. And, um, that's, that's awesome. And, um, what, what would be, um, you know, what would be something you would tell like an aspiring uh, young umpire? Depends on how old they are. A guy, a guy just done playing baseball and now he wants to. Because I get this text a lot of uh, from guys. Hey, coach, you know, I'm done playing. I thought about umpiring. Um, do you, can you get me in touch with somebody? Um, what, what would you tell those guys when, you, when they think they're just going to go out and just umpire games? If you want to go to the next level, you're going to have to go to pro school. Well, I have to go to pro school, and there's three kinds of pro schools. There's the two in Florida, and then there's like the what I told you I did too, the two week short season, right. short short thing. You're going to have to go to pro school to be able to go to be able to go to the next level, because you Division One signers, most of your signers, like it's the first thing they're going to look at. If you don't do that, they want at least ten years experience. Right, and that, would that experience be like travel ball and stuff too, or would that no, be- no, 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 ten years high school minimal. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I know travel ball. I know youth leagues. I know summer rec ball. It's baseball as well. But 
as far as to the next level these designers could give three shits less about that for sure for sure um really man one of the last questions i got for you is um obviously not going to ever harp on anything negative at all but um what what is what, what's one program that you remember just being an absolute class act uh, from top to bottom across the board that you umpired at their um, or umpired one of their games or at their stadium? What level? I mean, just depending on what. what... I mean, any, all of them, man. What, what, that, whatever you got. To be honest, college level, you go to Catawba and Salisbury. Yep. Don't matter if you burn the damn stadium down. You'll never hear a word. Nothing. Players. Coach nothing. Yep. Get Jim. If you hear anything, it's going to be from Jim Gant. But Jim Gant would not say a word to you. Yep. He'd come out and tell you you really, you really burnt the, burnt the place down or something like that, and he'd laugh at you and go on. But uh, high school wise, and I know you know from being from Royal Hall, and I've. I've actually fortunate enough. I done a high school state championship in 2015, but before the man passed away, if you go to East Surrey and Pilot Mountain with Barry Hall coaching, yeah, you would you wouldn't go to a better place. Man, you're pulling on the heartstrings, Barry Hall, and and I'm looking right here that I wrote down. Did not know Tommy Call uh, Caldwell passed away. That's just, I mean, it's yeah. heartbreaking, man. Barry, you go to you go work a game, Barry Hall. You'd never hear a word if you actually screwed the pooch on one. Barry would come out to you and he'd want to know what you had. you tell him, he'd say, that's not what's supposed to be. He'd say, you screw that one up. He'd just walk off. Yeah. And they never would say nothing to you, neither one of them, unless you absolutely, like I said, and that's kind of the thing in the umpire world. If you really screw one up, that's what we that's what we always say between us, if you burn the stadium down. Yep. Yeah. That- now, I've had some memories at Moxville, Legion Ball. Oh, I'm sure. Especially when Tudoro was assist- one of the assistants there. Me and him, <laughs> me and him had some pretty good laughs. I've had because I played at Moxville for Dale Limes. So that's where I played because they weren't a team in Surrey when I played. Dale so Limes, man, another Winston Salem legend. I had to drive to Moxville and play for Dale Limes, and I could tell you some some big tales about Dale Limes playing Memphis. <laughs> I'm sure. What's what's one you got, man? Let's 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 close it up on that. What's one what's one you got from Dell Imes? Uh Dell Imes is one of the winningest coaches in North Carolina history. He coached at Glenn High School, uh coach was a big Legion coach, coached the the Bulldogs, um yeah. the summer ball. Um just a fantastic guy all the way around. It was a pro scout for somebody for a long time. We're, still is. Still is. Pro okay. scout for pro scout for the Kansas City Royals. Right. And that actually that's right, because me and uh, I saw Randomly, again, small world in the, especially in baseball. I uh, I ran into Alex Zumwalt um, in in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, or in Sanford, Sanford, Florida. Um, uh-huh. Another trip with Braden. Ran into Alex Zumwalt and talked with Alex for a long time. And actually, uh, not long ago, talked to him when uh, uh, rest in peace, Coach. When Coach Harper, Andy Harper, passed away. Uh, so you know, so that's a good guy. But yeah, what's what's a couple of stories you got with uh, old Dale, man? Dale's a uh, crazy crazy uh character oh man we we were at wilkes playing at wilkes wilkes's legion team and wilkes was no no they wasn't really talented at all they didn't have no players much they seemed like they didn't have an 11. and uh i cannot think of his name the kid that went to davy that ended up getting drafted went to notre dame in college and pitched that could absolutely shove it i can't think of his name yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't either. 
Anyway, he was on the bump. I was catching. Well, Wilkes is the only batter that could halfway hit. He hit one of probably 400 foot, but it was foul. Put the ball, the umpire put the ball back in play. Actually, it was Trexler. Put the ball back in play. I call a pitch. He shakes me off. He wants the same pitch he threw before. I call the same pitch again because, of course, Dale, you're getting pitches from Dale. I call a pitch that Dale wanted again. He shakes me off again. When I throw the pitch down again for a call the same pitch, he steps off the mound. When he steps off the mound, you know why he stepped off the mound? What's that? Dale's hit him in the chest with a rock from a dugout. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. He's done wasted all of his trips. If he had to go out there and talk to him, he's going to have to pull him. He didn't waste all of his trips. So Dale hit him in the chest with a rock from a dugout. <laughs> young man, young man, you throw what I call. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Oh, I could have I done that many times in my coaching career. I wish I'd have known that trick. He sure did. Hit him in the chest with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious, man. He, uh... I just remember he's always such a such a great guy, and um, I remember I played. We played in a fall league. I forget. I don't know what it was, but we it was a bunch of Glenn dudes. It was when um, I know you country music um, fans out there will know uh, Chris Lane. Um, yeah, I I knew him. I knew those guys as Chris and Corey Lane, the baseball players, and they right. how to play music. And now Chris is really big and uh so fantastic for him but we played on some i don't know if it was a fall league or what it was but we played and they were on the team with us it was like parkland and glenn and, and might have been i don't know somebody else like it was like six games or something and and um Imes wasn't the head coach i forget who was but he was always out there and um i just always knew i always respected him uh, oh, yeah. of what you know what he said um what what is the i always forget for some reason what's the name of that park in moxville Rich Park. Rich Park. All right. Yeah, Rich Park, man. That, that Rich Park Rich is a Park. very storied uh, place, too. That was oh yeah, always fun to play at. I remember I, was, I remember being young, probably like it was like my first year on the big field and we played there. And I was – I after, you grow up in that area and it was like a big thing to play there. And I kind of froze on a ground ball at short and just let it eat me. And it like – popped off the side of my face and um i for some reason that's one of the stories that i always remember about that place um because it was just like it's old it's like looks like an old minor league park which it probably i don't know who played there in the past but um it was just gave off that vibe much does much like catawba um college right and it was just um a very storied place and and overwhelming place it's um man i i want to take um i want to take my I wish we had time just take my family back. We, we got to meet up at Bowman Gray. We got to play golf on that Sunday morning after, um, if you're available. When we Absolutely. Come down. I mean, definitely. Um, and Braden can drive the golf cart with his torn labrum. He's, he hit the you. golf ball further than me, but um, I still always beat him with the short game. So There you go. There you go. <laughs> but um, but he can drive the golf cart. We'll bring Jake out there too and stuff. But um, I, I wish we had time. I wish I could just take them around. Um, and and go to all these different parks and places, you know, in Ashboro and Moxville and um, and all that stuff. Um, what's uh, what's what's the biggest game you got on the um, 
you're looking forward to this year that that you're that you're getting uh, this maybe maybe already on the schedule or, or something you're looking forward to? Dude, it's just like I told you before. I take every game like it's my last, whether it's a high school game, JUCO game, D2 game. I try to bust my rump, give 100%, and work it like I've never worked one before, you know? And, and I know I know you're going to do that for sure, man. That's, um, again, uh, it's, it's going to be funny for a lot of people that, that know me um, in South Carolina and, and – be like, wow, John actually is a decent guy. He, he loves umpires. He just, he just <laughs> hates umpires that are bad. <laughs> um, but no, man, um, man, I can't appreciate you coming on enough. I mean, awesome stories. Um, rest in peace to JT Boss and Tommy Caudill and Coach yeah. Harper and, and all those guys. Who's um, who, who's the let, – let's, let's finish it with this. Who's the best player? Um, I mean, we've had – um, of course, me, right? But we, we've had uh, C.J. Beatty, Addison Johnson. We've had um, uh, all these guys come through uh, that Winston Salem North Winston Salem Forsyth County area. Um, who's one of the best players that you've ever seen in person in Winston Salem Forsyth County area? Um, and also, who's the best player you've seen in the state of North Carolina doing the job that you do? Madison Bumgarner. Oh my I gosh, see, he could hit too. Boy, I worked a semifinal, semifinal playoff game at Davie County. South Caldwell was playing Davie County at Rich Park. Madison Bumgarner pitched. He one hit Davie County, and he was three for three with two home runs. But and Madison had some of the biggest hands I've ever seen at the high school level. I remember we played against each other in some kind of might have been state games or something. Yeah, and and when I like dapped him up and shook his hand, he his his middle finger went halfway up my forearm. I, I don't get intimidated much, but I was intimidated that day. He he's real. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. He, he and, is. And and let me let me let me tell you this story real quick. Um, I, when I saw Zoom walk, uh, we were talking about some guy like North Carolina guys, and just kind of reminiscing a little bit, um, and. And he told me a story about Madison Bumgarner. I hope I, – well, I'm pretty sure Alex pretty busy this time of the year with spring training stuff, so he won't hear this. Um, but either way, it's a, it's a good story. It's nothing bad. But he, he told me um, – we're, we're standing there in Sanford, Florida, and he said we was somehow Madison got brought up. And he goes, you ever hear the story about his wife and spring training? I was like, no. He said, well, for whatever reason, I was – running late to spring training game and I knew Madison was going to uh, he was starting against this and this he, he this guy um, Alex Zumwalt is uh, the director of hitting for the Kansas City Royals yeah I know who that is yep and um, and he he said um, high, high point graduate I believe and blah blah anyway uh-huh. uh, and he said uh, he, he said I, I saw the, the player a lot I, I in spring training, they got this lot and that lot, and they're pretty close for both teams, and they all kind of funnel into the same spot. And they said, I saw this big old truck pulling in, and it had, like, it wasn't like your average horse trailer. Uh, now, if anybody doesn't know Madison Bumgarner, um, he actually, um, for his first wedding anniversary, his wife bought him a calf. Uh, uh-huh. a big country guy, didn't really lift weights back in the day. He would go out and chop trees down and that was his workout and all this stuff and uh, big country boy from uh, Cal- South Caldwell High School right? Yep Caldwell County 
Yeah. And he, uh, so anyway, he said, I'm walking in and, and I hear, I see this huge horse trailer. He said, man, I ain't never seen nothing like it. It was like a, um, he said, it was like a hundred foot long. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm exaggerating, but it was huge. And this big old truck, like dually and all this stuff. And that thing was jacked up. And, um, there's this little, little girl in there driving it. And he said, I'm, I'm walking in and I had to go back to my car because I forgot something, uh, a notebook or whatever. And I went back and got it and walking back by. And the lady at the gate is like talking to her, you know, I guess, you know, what are you doing here? Why are you trying to bring this in here or whatever? And it was in the player's lot or the family lot. And, and he said, all I heard as I walked away is Madison's pitching today. Madison's pitching today. You got to let me in. The game's about to start. Madison's pitching today. Yeah. And and apparently she got in. And he said, as I walked, I was about to open the door to walk into where I was supposed to go. And I looked back. And this girl had parallel parked this 200-foot of vehicle better than I could ever park a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and also a fun fact on Madison Bumgarner. Um, I hadn't taught him forever, man. I gotta see. I'm sure his number's different now, but, um, um, but I gotta see when I get up with him because that, that's a that's a cool that's a cool dude, man. But he uh, apparently now this is legend, all right. So statute of limitations, like the D- Dylan Fink's podcast guys listening out there, don't get too overzealous with this one. This is law, all legend. Um, over his first few years, um, he would actually. He, he got his like identity changed, not legally, but he would get his identity changed, your passport and your social and your license and all that for no, no illegal reason. Um, he would do that. And I forget the guy, I forget the name. I wish I could call Alec right now and or text him. I knew he texted me in the next 10 seconds, but um, Madison would go down somewhere in Wyoming and would wrangle cattle and ride bulls under a different name, under a, pit, uh-huh. a suitor name. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that if that's not badass, I don't know what is. Don't doubt it a bit. Don't <laughs> doubt it a bit. I mean, it, it's crazy that you know the way the way the world works. That um, Alec brought up those stories, la- la- you know, last summer, and then you you brought them up here, and we were able to share that. So, oh yeah, um, that's awesome, man. Well, um, man, I, I'm. Um, super thankful you got a game tomorrow night yes sir awesome man well best of luck and um i can't thank you enough for coming on and um i i, I was i always re-listen to the podcast and stuff and and uh, make sure they're put together and, and all that stuff before I, I send them out i never edit anything um because i just like the genuine um feel to to the stories and um i, I i've noticed that i suck at closing them because I, I genuinely care about every guy that comes on here and, and, um, and, and I can't thank you enough. And, and I'm so thankful that, that you were, um, such an instrumental part in not only my time at Stanley, but we communicate a lot through, um, social media and, and things like that, um, over the years and, um, still looking for that, that, um, that cold beer together. And hopefully we can do that Bowman gray or play some golf or eat both or whatever. So, you know, it's just, uh, you're, you're a guy that, um, through all my baseball career, 
even after Stanley was over and I, I'm down in Myrtle Beach at the time and coaching college leagues and independent leagues and um, travel ball and all that stuff. One, one guy that I could always rely on and, um, and, and bring up stories about, about two, two umpires that were not engaged um, was, was be the robot, be, be the man, Jamie Payne. And I appreciate everything um, that you don't even know you've done for me, man. You've, you've been a, You've been an integral part in my baseball career way more than you know. I appreciate it, brother. I've always tried to do my best. And and that's all we can ask for. And, and you do a um, – your best is a hell of a job. It's a lot better than a lot of guys. And, and I'll say that. And um, um, always pulling for you. Hopefully um, hopefully over the next next few years we'll be able to uh, – we'll be able to see you on TV one day. I appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for coming on, Jamie. You're the man. Um, and look forward to, uh, to to seeing you soon, hopefully a lot sooner than later. Yes, sir, man. You too. All right. Later, buddy. Yep.